Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On this week's episode of the Patriot Nation podcast, we have Mark Schofield from Inside the Pylon and the Locked On Patriots podcast. He's gonna, We're going to be doing a mock draft, a 32-pick full first-round mock draft with Mark, me, Spags, and Mark going. We don't know who each other is taking, so we're kind of off the cuff. Uh, it's a pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting draft. So we'll see what happens there. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Savarian Jenkins as well. Obviously, the new tight end signing. So buckle up. Cue the music. Stack receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw, and it's while the uh, Bruins game is playing. And so, you know, you are uh, – it's the Jordan flu game for you tonight. It is. It is. It's the third period, six minutes left. We got to get – we got to get some goals. We got to get pucks in deep. Uh, you know, I'm a big Bruins fan behind the Patriots. So, I think it's the year not to get us off talk. But, hey, let's go to some real winners. Austin Ferry and Jenkins sign in New England. I like the signing. I like the signing, uh, which is his fifth year in the league. He, he toasts us a little bit with the Jets. Uh, good receiver can help us out in the passing game. And, you know, like, uh, that famous Patriot account, we know Patriots, you know, whatever the Super Bowl is, SBLIV, that guy, yeah. know your ring size. He tweeted out him, know your ring size. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> That's right. And I'll tell you what, I think, uh, you know, one of the things about Safarian Jenkins that surprised me was his blocking numbers. He was a lot better at blocking than I expected. Um, I thought he was just really receiving tight end and it turns out he can do a little bit of both. And so, you know, that's a, a situation where you look at a guy and, you know, he certainly had some injury history and he's never really been fully healthy for a full year. So you've never really seen the potential there, but there's definitely potential there. If he can somehow manage to stay healthy for a year and he's a decent blocker and a good receiver, um, you know, you're looking at a guy who could make an impact, you know, and certainly obviously at the tight end position, we're looking for that. And so, uh, you know, why not take a shot in the dark? He's taking a veterans minimum one year deal veterans minimum, you know, a prove it deal almost for him. And uh, Hey, I mean, maybe it pays off and, and, you know, Patriots get something out of it. He gets something out of it. And uh, you know, and like you say, he's getting fitted for, for another ring in, uh, in February. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Like I said, like the signing can help you out. Obviously with Gronk on for now, we never know what's going to happen with that. Um, but I think he can help us out and, you know, let's get to the draft and see who the Patriots think. Are they going to, are they going to trade up and, and try to get a tight end? We'll see. 
Right. Exactly. And that's, that's really what, you know, the deal. And, and again, you know, not just the draft, but also the, you know, the entirety of the offseason. Don't forget people that, you know, the Patriots are making deals during training camp for players. And, you know, then they make trades during the year for players. And so, you know, they're not, they're never done making moves until, you know, until the, until really until the, uh, the trade deadline ends. And then even then maybe they're out signing guys. And so, you know, they do, they cut, they have a way of building that roster the full year. And so right now is not a time to panic, but again, it is nice to see them add, uh, you know, another pass catcher because they don't have many of those right now. So, uh, you know, maybe not, maybe might not do much, but it's at least worth a look. So it should be, uh, should be interesting. Absolutely, Pat. So, all right. Well, without further ado, we're going to get you into that draft with Mark Schofield. Uh, again, we go all 32 picks and we just go one, two, three. So uh, Mark's got the first pick, Spaz got the second pick and I got the third pick. And then it goes, you know, four, five, six and so on and so on. And we just kind of keep going back and forth and it's, it's fun. And again, you know, uh, you'll see one of the picks I get thrown off because flipping Spags picked the guy that was, that I was, I was like, here's the guy I'm taking. Spags took him. Out. Like, uh, now what? <laughs> so, so that's the way it goes. So, but, but it's interesting and I hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how right we are, but you know, you never know. So anyways, guys, we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening as always. And, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. We'll lead you out with the draft. All right, we're going to welcome onto the show uh, Mark Schofield. He is a writer for uh, Pro Football Weekly. He is a writer for Pat's Pulpit. He's a writer for Inside the Pylon, and he's the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. Probably one of the most knowledgeable Patriots and draft guys out there. We're having him on the show. We're going to do a uh, we're going to do a draft as we talked about already earlier. So, uh, Mark, welcome onto the show, my friend. Oh, Pat Spags, thanks for so much for having me on. Excited to be here. Excited to do some mock-in. It's getting close to go time here for the draft, and it's always fun to do one of these. Let's go, man. I appreciate you coming on. And like I say every week, it's one week closer to actual football talk because it's that little dry period between free agency and the draft. But one week closer. One week closer, man. I love it. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get right into it. And, uh, Mark, you're going to lead us off with the number one pick. Uh, you're obviously the Arizona Cardinals, and so uh, if you have the unfortunate situation of, run, of running the Arizona Cardinals, who are you taking number one overall? Well, as much as you know, I would try to build around Josh Rosen. It does seem like the direction they're going to go in is to draft Kyler Murray, and so that's going to be, be the pick here. I'll draft Kyler Murray. You get him in. He's a guy that can run Cliff Kingsbury's offense. If they're going to turn over the vision to Cliff Kingsbury, they've obviously hired him as the head coach. He's going to be the pick, and they're going to build around him now. So Kyler Murray, quarterback from Oklahoma. All right. All right, Spags, you're on the clock at number two. So, Mark. So that means you're trading Josh Rosen to the Patriots for a couple picks. Thank you very much. Uh, That's exactly what we're doing. We're trading them to the okay. Patriots for 97. So there we go. I'll t- thank you. I'll take that. Uh, number two pick, I will go with Nick Bosa, Edge from Ohio State. Beast, uh, that's DE University. Uh, no, no complaints there. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa, uh, defensive end from Ohio State to the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that's – that's a good pick, and, I, and I'm on the clock at number three for the Jets, and, and I'm going to take the other edge guy, Josh Allen, because, you know, for the Jets, especially you're looking at defense, 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 and it's either Bosa or Allen in this spot, I think. And so assuming Murray goes number one, they're going to get one of these guys to build onto that defensive line, uh, you know, add on to, uh, to the guys that they already have over there. 
And so that's, I think that's, he's clearly, I think the best player available. And so that's where I'm going is number three, Josh Allen. All right. That brings up Oakland here at four. And, you know, this is probably if the board falls this way, Oakland's going to be in a really nice spot because they can go into a couple of different directions. I would think that if the board falls this way, they're going to run to the podium and draft Quinton Williams, the interior defensive lineman from Alabama, who might be, you know, if not the best overall player in this draft, he's in the discussion for it. And I think they would, you know, with three picks in the first round, you know, get in him and then they can play around with the other two. That's a pretty good start for them. So Quinton Williams, interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Quinton Williams, I like it. All right, Spags, you're back on the clock, my friend. So, again, this is five for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going to go with Devin White, linebacker from LSU, 240 pounds, athletic. Not a bad pick right there. Devin White, man, this kid looks like a beast. Yeah, uh, absolute beast. Man, okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, he's one of those – I saw you talking about this on, on Twitter, um, Mark, but you were saying, you know, you want him to go to the podium and just say, you know, linebacker, Devin. Right. And and just pause just like pause for a second yeah <laughs> just let everybody kind of guess because they both look they both look very good so yeah uh i'm on the clock at six with the giants and there's a lot of places that the giants could go here um you know you could go edge you could address offensive line uh their offensive line was dreadful last year and so that might not be a bad spot i just think to me if you're the giants you have to look at quarterback because you just you need a quarterback. Um, you know, Eli's getting up there, maybe his last year, maybe his second to last year. And so I'm gonna go Dwayne Haskins from the Ohio State University, uh, number six to the Giants. All right, on the clock here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They could go in a couple of different directions. I've done a couple of different mocks where I've given them sort of a tackle, whether it's Andre Dillard or maybe Juwan Taylor from Florida, but you know, looking at their roster, there's another position of need that I think they could really address here and get a great player, and that's tight end. And I look at Noah Hawk, I mean T.J. Hawkinson, you know, the all-around tight end type from Iowa. Those two Iowa tight ends are fantastic. They're going to grab T.J. Hawkinson here and slot him in as their day one starter at the tight end spot. And I, I need to give you a verbal meme for a verbal meme for a second because I, I have to give you the, or maybe it's a verbal gift. I don't know, but it's the Will Ferrell on the on the recliner, shaking, spilling, right. spilling uh, wine all over himself and sobbing his eyes out because this is the guy. I am like in love with Hawkinson, he's, and if he's somehow, such a fantastic player. I mean, <sighs> if he somehow gets past Green Bay at twelve, I think New England has to pick up the phone and start making some calls because. He's the all-around complete type tight end. It's a great tight end class. Look, they could double dip. They could go late, you know, in the first round, and then in the second or the third or the fourth round and get a good player. But I mean, Hawkinson is legit. Yeah, he's oh, he's a beast. All right, Spags, you are back on the clock, sir. And on the clock, the Detroit H-Y. Lions. I was going to go with T.J. Hawkinson, but unfortunately he gets passed. I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor. I think the next best player in this draft, offensive tackle from Florida. Give a little protection for Matthew Stafford in his later years. Most, I think he's the highest-paid quarterback. Or, no, sorry, Matt Ryan is, I think. But give him some protection. I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor. I like it. I like it. So I'm on. I, I'm at the Bills with number nine. I also was going to take Hawkinson at number nine. Um so, but I'm actually going to go with a guy that intrigues me 
he's I don't know. I, I'm very, very intrigued by this guy, maybe more so than any other player in the draft, and that's D-tackle Ed Oliver. Uh, some of his numbers are crazy. His workout, you look at his workout and his feet and, you know, the size of that guy, his, you know, foot speed is ridiculous. And so, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think will will slot in right away on their D-line and, and uh, could be an impact player his rookie year. So I'm going Ed Oliver, number nine, to the Buffalo Bills. I, I think that's such a good pick. Oliver is such a tremendous athlete. I'm really interested to see where he goes. Um, so I think that's a great pick. I'm on the clock here at the Broncos at 10, and a lot of people are thinking they go quarterback here with Drew Locke. But I think they might go in a different direction. Elway might be feeling that, look, you acquire a quarterback. You've got to win now. So I'm going to look at a different position of need. Tight end was a need. I don't know if I'm going to go with tight end here, though. We'll address the linebacker spot. Devin Bush, the linebacker from Michigan, I think he could step in, be a week one starter for them. And so I'm going to bet on his athleticism. So Devin Bush, the linebacker from Michigan. Man, he's a, he's another guy that, like, I'm sitting, uh, you know, my my next pick is 12 with the Packers, and I'm thinking, like, that's the guy I wanted. Like, you know, the new Clay Matthews, obviously different player, but he's just so damn fast that, you know, reminds yeah. you of a guy like that that is just that that much speed, you know? Talking about fast, I'm on the clock here with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to go with receiver DK Metcalf. Give the Bengals a true number two receiver behind A.J. Green. Week one, DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss. I actually I, – I don't know what, what you think, Mark. I love that pick for the Bengals because they have such a simplistic offense. I mean, you were talking about it on your show this week when you were doing uh, – you know, you did your first-round mock, and you were saying, you know, he doesn't have – he doesn't run a lot of routes – he basically has three routes, but it's the Bengals. They're just like, here, go get open. Like, it's, right. it's the perfect spot for him. Yeah, no, I think that would be a great spot for him. I mean, you know, a lot of receivers come out of the college game right now. They don't run the complete route tree. But when you look at Metcalf, he has the tools where he could expand that route tree. But what he does right now is going to win games in the National Football League. So I think this pick makes a ton of sense. Yeah. All right, so I'm on the, the clock at 12 with the Packers. Uh, I am going to take the other tight end here, the other Iowa tight end here, Noah Fant, uh, just a guy who has ridiculous speed uh, from the uh, from the tight end position. You know, maybe not a great blocker, but you know they need they desperately need more receivers out there. I was thinking Metcalf possibly in this spot, but I think Noah Fant is a good uh, you know could fill in for them right away and start day one for the Packers. I think that's a great pick. I mean, obviously the Packers need a tight end. Um, so I think, you know, getting the, the other Iowa guy is a tremendous pick at this spot. You know, that brings us to Miami. I'm on the clock there with Miami at 13. And, you know, you could throw a dart at a list of needs. They've got a ton of them on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line. I mean, they've got a lot of problems that they need to address. You know, looking at the board right now, I think that there are a couple of different ways they could go. Um, the direction I'm going to go, seeing him fall to where he did, I know people might be worried about the heart condition, but we think that's checked out. Montez Sweat, the edge from Mississippi State, that'll give him a chance to address the edge position here. So well, that's what we'll go with. We'll kick the quarterback decision to next year. I like it. On the like clock it. at number 14, the Atlanta Falcons. A little bit of bias here for my uh, ex-roommate's best friend, but this kid comes from uh, a, a great place under Dabo Sweeney. I'm going to go with Christian Wilkins, number 14, to the Atlanta Falcons. Provides that little edge rush. Edge rush can play all over the field. Uh, one of my favorite players in college football this year. I think he's going to be a big help to that defense if he falls there. Uh, 
I like it. I like that a lot. Uh, all right, so I am back on the clock, and I have the Redskins here. And I, I'm a little bit torn. I actually think the Redskins might go offensive tackle here. Uh, and so I am going to go with Dalton Risner at 15. Might be a little bit of a reach at 15, uh, but I don't care. That's 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 where I'm going. So uh, Dalton Risner at 15 to the Washington Redskins. I like Risner. He, he's such a fun guy to watch. Just plays the game so well. Got the great mentality. You can move him around a bit. So I like that pick. Uh, brings us to the Panthers at 16. They go either offensive line or edge here. And with Rashawn Gary still on the board, um, we're going to make a bet on his athleticism off the edge. He's kind of risen up the boards. I've seen some mocks. The, the Giants drafted him at six. He's here at 16. And so that's what the Panthers would do. Rashawn Gary, the edge for Michigan. All right. So at 17, New York Giants just drafted Dwayne Haskins. Probably going to take over after Eli Manning takes the uh, the old retirement walk, and I'm going to protect him with Jonah Williams, offensive tackle from Alabama, provide uh, some help there with a little little bit of a better offensive line since they signed Solder. They were better the second half of the year and get a little younger there with a good talent from Alabama. All right. All right. I like it. So I'm back on. Uh, I have the uh, the Vikings here at 18. Man, I, you know, I, I'm looking offensive line again, but I think I'm going to go uh, D-line, and I'm going to go with Clellan Farrell uh, from Clemson. I think that he uh, – they just – they need the the line help on either side of the ball. I'm going defense in this case. I think he uh, he might be the most intriguing player left, uh, at least for what they need, and so that's where I'm going for the Vikings. I think that's a good pick. I mean, we all expect them to go offensive line, but they could address that a little bit later here. Um, so I think that's a nice fit for them. Um, brings us to the Titans at 19. We could go a couple of different directions here. I've seen some mocks giving them one of the tight ends, but another position they need to address is edge. So we're going to take a, another bet on athleticism here. Brian Burns, who's sort of moving himself up uh, maybe into sort of some you know edge one discussions, but with him still on the board here, that's what we'll do. Brian, Brian Burns, the edge from Florida State. All right. On the clock at number 20, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go with cornerback out of LSU, Greedy Williams. Give some depth there. Probably a true number two right out of college. I like it. I like it. Uh, and so I, I'm actually on the clock. I'm going to go corner as well because uh, I think that that's, you know, Seahawks bread and butter, and they're they're missing out on that. Wide receiver, I think, is another issue there. You know, so I thought about um, – I thought about – I don't know. I thought about Hakeem Butler here really is who I was thinking. Yeah, You know what? Screw it. That's where I'm going is, is Hakeem Butler. Uh, I think maybe corner might be a bigger need for them, but Butler is kind of that freak athlete. And uh, and so I'm going Hakeem Butler here. Oh, that one burns because I was sitting here. That was going to be a pick I was going to make here for the Ravens at 22. But, you know, with him off the board, another – they need a wide receiver. They need linebacker help. With Butler gone, I don't like any of the linebacker value here. So we'll stay at the wide receiver position. Keneal Harry from Florida State, I mean, from, excuse me, from Arizona State, I think he's in a bad sort of consolation prize if you're going to miss out on Butler. So that will be the pick here. Keneal Harry, the wide receiver from Arizona State. All right. On the clock here at 23, did a great job protecting Kyler Murray in college. We're going to have to go with Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. He's going to do the same thing for Deshaun Watson and the Texans. I like it. I like it. 
so with the Raiders, now they're here again. Uh, I just think, I mean, I don't give the Raiders much. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, they want, they need an edge. I think they need an edge guy. I think they want a guy who can replace Khalil Mack. I think that's crazy at this point because there's just not enough guys left. I was hoping that Burns fell to me. He didn't. I think Jalen Ferguson's on the board, uh, who I guess theoretically you could go after. I, I just don't. I think that that would be nuts. Um, and so I'm going to go I'm going to go wide receiver here. Uh, I'm going to go A.J. Brown because I think that they need to replace some wide receiver help. It might be a little bit early for them, um, but I think that, you know, they're going to want to replace those two guys that they lost. And AJ Brown might go uh, might go a ways to helping that. I think that's a good pick for them. I think he's going to fit into what Gruden wants to do offensively, and you know they've, they're back on the clock here in a couple of picks anyway, so they could you know make another move here. That brings us to the Eagles of twenty five. You know, running back is a concern for them. Joshua Jacobs is on the board. I've seen a lot of people think Philadelphia might do that, but I'm going to go a different direction. Probably a bigger need for them is a safety spot. Nasir Adderley, the safety from Delaware, I love this kid. Versatile safety, can play down in the box, can play the free safety spot, can go sideline to sideline, can even play some corner. He did that senior bowl. So that's what we'll do. Nasir Adderley, the safety from Delaware at 25. On the clock here at the Indianapolis Colts, I'm going to add some firepower to that offense to uh, pair it with T.Y. Hilton. Got another number two true receiver, Marquise Brown, out of Oklahoma. I like it. That's a good I pick. like it. All right. Uh, so I am back on the clock with the Raiders. Uh, and as much as – look, if it's me personally, if I'm the one drafting here, I'm very tempted to look at a quarterback. I, I'm not sold on David Carr at all. Uh, but they're they are, and so they're not going to do that. So instead, I'm going to go with uh, a guy who I think might be one of the best guys left, uh, and that's Byron Murphy, the corner out of Washington. I think that's a great pick for them. I think they go corner with either 24 or 27. So I think that makes some sense. That brings me to uh, the Chargers here at 28, a team that you know has some needs on both sides of the trenches. So we could look at the interior defensive line position. Um, you know, maybe a Jerry Tillery here would make some sense, or, you know, maybe you don't have a ton of needs. Um, Dexter Lawrence can make some sense. You could go Jeffrey Simmons and sort of redshirt him because, you know, they've got guys signed right now. But another need for them is offensive tackle, Andre Dillard. Uh, he's still on the board from Washington State. So we'll offensive tackle, Andre Dillard from Washington State. Okay. On the clock here at 29. You said it, Mark, but I'm going to go with Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle out of Notre Dame. I think he can give some a little bit of firepower to that front seven, help them out right away. That's a good pick because that's that's around yeah, where I was looking. Really uh, yeah, uh, let's see. I think here I am back on the clock with the Packers. Uh, man, uh, it totally threw me for a loop there because that's that's uh, that's what I was looking was one of those two guys. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to go – I'm going to go running back here, I think. Uh, they're, they're looking for a running back to kind of fill in. Uh, uh, I think David Montgomery is the guy I'm going to go with here. And I, it might be – I think it's early, but I like what I've seen of him. And it might be uh, maybe a little bit of a questionable pick, but I think I like him because – 
He just he has the intangibles that I like for as a running back there. And so David Montgomery, I think, is the guy I'm going to go with. I, interested pick. It's a position of need for them, so I do think that makes sense. So that brings us to the Rams here at 31. You know, they could go edge here, but the edge value kind of slips here. I don't know if you want to go chase Winovich here. I mean, a huge position of need for them is center. You know, they're losing John Sullivan, their center. Um, so you get Garrett Bradbury, the center from NC State, Rivington Trophy winner, um, probably the best center in this in this draft class. And so they draft him here at 31. All right. So that brings us to the Patriots. 30, 32. We're all making a pick, right? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We are all making a pick at 32. So, Spags, it's your turn in the order. So I'm going to give you first shot at who you think the Patriots should go after here. So I, as much as I want to say Drew Locke here, I, I think the Patriots would be ripped on if they took a quarterback in round one, especially at 32. I'd love to take him if he was still there. However, I'm going to go with Clellan Farrell out of Clemson at 32. I think if he's there, he's too good to pass up. Let's roll with it. Uh, sorry, you can't do that. Clellan Farrell was already taken. Oh, was he taken? Oh, all right. We'll yeah, go with Dexter Lawrence. To- we'll go De- oh, sh- crap. I'll go with Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> you taken? Oh, no, Dexter that. Lawrence has no, not been taken. Right. We're going we're going defense here. We'll go Dexter Lawrence. All right. I like Dexter Lawrence. That's his teammate, isn't it? So it was a good all right. Yep, I like both it. Out, both out of Clemson. Both, I think both this... visited the Rams today too. So they did. They, You're they're, right. They're expected to be at that position. Um so if he's there, take him. <laughs> One of the two. Yep. One of them. One of those guys. One of the Clemson guys. I like it. I like it. I, I think that's a solid pick uh for the Patriots. They do need a little bit of the inside help. I like Pennell a lot. Um, but you know, it is good to, to get some more inside help I and mean, they can never use, uh, too much inside help. I think to me, if the draft falls this way, uh, it's the biggest no brainer ever. I think Jace, uh, Sternberger is the pick here for the Patriots. The kid is, you know, he's not as good of a receiver as Fant is, and he's not as good of a blocker as Hawkinson is, but he kind of has, uh, a little bit of both. You know, he's not quite as athletic as either of those guys, but he's a willing blocker. He's a solid blocker, and he's he's exceptional in the pass game. Uh, you know, definitely a matchup nightmare. Is a Juco transfer, doesn't have a ton of experience starting, um, but I think that, you know, with his body type, he can add some muscle, and he could be a real problem at tight end for the Patriots. And so Sternberger is the guy for me here. Yeah, and I think that he – he would make a lot of sense for New England. And I'm, I have to think that he's probably their third tight end after the two Iowa guys. I know a lot of people think Herb Smith might be the picker, but I think if they draft the, if the third tight end off the board is going to New England, I think it would be Jay. So I think that makes some sense. You know, Dexter, you know, Dexter Lawrence makes some sense too. You know, if the board falls this way and you've got Drew Locke and Daniel Jones on the board, it's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots handle that because you could see them, Making a pick for one of those guys, I'm not going to do that, um, but they're available here. You know, positions of need include safety, so you've got both Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Jonathan Abram on the board. So those are some interesting names. They might trade out if it falls this way. You know, they might say, look, if a team wants to come up and get Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or the Giants or, you know, the Giants picked a quarterback in this draft, but another team like, say, the Bengals, if they want to get a quarterback, you know, they draft DK Metcalf, they could come up here and the Patriots could trade down. I'm going to do what I'm – it pains me to do this because I'm. this is my fear that this would be the pick at 32, and that's Jeffrey Simmons, the interior defensive lineman from Mississippi State. Yeah, he's out next year. You know, he's got the ACL, but he's a top 10 type talent. 
And if you think that, look, you know, he's still worth it, even though it's a medical redshirt situation, you've got 11 other picks in this draft. You're getting a, a top 10 talent at the 32nd pick. That's pretty good value. They might do it. And so that would be my pick, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State. I like that guy too. And that's one thing that kind of has scared me off. And, and I know, you know, the what I think for fans at least, they look at a guy um, like the kid from Florida they drafted. Um, yeah, don't make uh, easily. Yeah, yeah, easily, and and they and it, that scares the heck out of the fans. Yep. This is a different situation, you know. This isn't, uh, you know, an over. That was a situation where his knees were just shot uh, coming in, and yeah, he had some talent, but you know, you could just see he just he his heart wasn't into it, and he never really put the effort in that he needed, um, you know, and his knees were never right either. And so, I think this is a little bit of a different situation than that because this is just really one injury. And if he can overcome that, and it seems like he has a little bit of a motor, he's got some off-field issues too, uh, you know, with some things, you know, that may have happened, to, well, that did happen a few years back. And so, uh, you know, there's that also, but the kid is a, is a beast. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't hate that pick either. So I think Simmons there makes a lot of sense. Um, so, uh, Mark, you are a QB guru here, um, you know, and so my question to you is that we assume – well, of course, no one knows anything, but we assume that the Patriots will go after a quarterback, um, probably not at 32, like we kind of all will agree. Greer. Will Greer in the round two, like, give me him. That's my, I mean, I freaking, I, so that's, you know, Spags kind of stole my thunder there, I, and I love it. I, that's my guy. Like, I love that guy. He he just has that bravado. He's the same, no, he's not, he's not, I don't want to say that he, you know, is Baker Mayfield, but He's got the same size. He's got the same attitude. He just he just seems like that type of guy. He's clearly not. I don't think he's as mobile as Mayfield is. But um, but who do you think fits best for the Patriots? Who do you think they might target? Um, probably in the second or third round, we assume. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was on with Phil Perry on his podcast last night, and he kind of put it to me like, look, you know, they get that pick at ninety seven, and you've got Will Greer and, and Jared Stidham and. You know, a guy that I love, Brett Rippon, uh, Ryan Finley, they're all available. Which one do you take? And I said, it's Will Greer. And what I love about this kid is you kind of touched on it, Spags, just a moment ago. Like, the kid has the absolute mentality you want in a quarterback. I mean, I remember, you know, down at Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and Will Greer, everybody wanted to hear from him, but he missed his podium session at Media Day because he got tied up somewhere else. And so the first chance we got to talk to him was – after practice on Tuesday. And so there was a huge scrum around him, but he, you know, he was just sitting there saying, look, I'm the best quarterback in this draft class. Somebody asked him about, you know, people are questioning your arm strength. He's like, that's a joke. Ask anybody I've ever played with. Ask anybody at Florida, ask anybody at West Virginia, ask anybody I ever played against. I have the best arm in this class. And so somebody quickly asked that me, you're throwing at the combine. It's like, just shot him a look. He's like, hell yeah, I'm throwing at the combine. Like, I just love the, the the mentality he brings to the table. You know, is there stuff he has to fix? Yeah. I mean, he's got some mechanical issues at times, got some ball security issues. Sometimes he's a bit too aggressive, but I like that at a quarterback. You know, it's always easier to dial it back. It's much harder for a quarterback to learn to be aggressive. And so if he's available, whether it's 64, 74, 97, wherever they're picking late second, early third, I would be completely on board with them drafting Will Greer. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm – I'm down with it. I, I I just it's funny because Easton Stick is a guy that sticks out to me. Well, that's uh, that no I pun mean, intended. They they are going to draft Easton Stick anyway. Like <laughs> even if they draft Will Green at 74, you see Easton Stick's three cone. They're going to draft this kid. 
Like they're going right. to draft him with 241 or one of the four seventh rounders or that comp pick in the sixth. Like they're going to draft this kid because let's face it, he's Julie, he could be Julian Edelman 2.0. You know, you look right. at the athleticism from him, the ability to change direction, the way he does. I mean, yes, he could play quarterback. He's had some good moments on tape, some bad moments on tape, but that athleticism is tough to deny. And so I just, I would almost put him in pen to New England at some point in this draft. Well, the people did the same thing with Berrios last year, and everyone thought there's no way they yeah. could possibly draft Berrios because it would just be too obvious. And they I did mean, it anyways. Talk about, talk about the Senior Bowl. Like when I was down there for last year's Senior Bowl, every time he made a catch, every time he ran a route and dusted somebody off the line of scrimmage, every set of eyes in the stands just like turned and looked at me. Because everybody knew, like, look, this kid's going to New England. Like, he's going to be a Patriot. And it was something similar this year with both Isabella and Hunter Renfro. Like, every time those guys, you know, made a play, people would just turn to me and say, yeah, you you can start putting him in your mocks now. He's going to be a Patriot. So, you know, I don't know if they go both those guys, Isabella and Renfro. Um, But, you know, it was the same thing with Berrios. You know, similar thing with Easton Stick. Yeah, I mean, people just assume they're going to be Patriots. Right. No, it makes sense. They're going to have to go wide receiver at some point because they just don't have the bodies on the roster. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that's another position I'll ask you about is, you know, you mentioned Isabella and you mentioned Renfro. Is there someone else that you think would be a good fit for them? Uh, you know, obviously uh, Brown goes in, in the first round here, AJ Brown. I think he might be a good fit for them just what in what they do. What about uh, Debo Samuel from South yeah. Carolina? Yeah, Spags, he's one of the two names I've mentioned here. Debo and I think Kelvin Harmon are two names to watch if they go mm. wide receivers, say, with that pick at 56. I mean, Debo was fantastic down in Mobile, um, good releases off the line of scrimmage, was able to beat the press. And, you know, that's a big thing for college wide receivers because they don't face a ton of it. And you're going to face a lot more of it in the International Football League. I think Harmon has some length, too. I think they're going to like him. Both of those guys are boundary-type guys. Um, and that's kind of what they need. You know, they need somebody to give them something along the boundary and in the vertical game. Isabella can do that. You know, I don't know when his value is. I mean, he's probably a round two guy. Um, If he's there at 56, they probably consider him, depending on what they do at 32. If he's still there at 64, I think they'd consider him. So I guess Isabella, you know, Harmon and Samuel make some sense in that second round range. Right. Yeah, Isabella definitely has a speed for it. I mean, he's he doesn't have the body type for it, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, right. you, know, you look at it's, guys like John Ross and people like that, you know? Man, what's interesting is he had some good games. I mean, UMass played a difficult schedule. He had some SEC competition, and you see him holding his own against SEC schools and stuff. He had a great game against Tennessee, I think, and so he looked right down at the senior ball. So he between that 40 and everything he's done on tape, he's played himself into the round two discussion, so – you know, I think they would definitely consider him at 64 or even 56. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So one one question I have for you, Mark, and I, I heard you kind of uh, make a comment about it at, well, maybe not make a comment about it, but uh, non-verbally, I guess, make a comment about it. David Montgomery was my pick at, at, at uh, 30. Yeah. I, Josh Jacobs is probably the guy that I should have taken in that spot because he's the highest ranked uh, halfback. Most people consider him the best running back there. Uh, can you just talk just just for a second, just about like the top few running backs, um, you know, and, and what you see in those guys? It's a weird running back year. I mean, everybody does sort of look at, you know, the running backs and say that it's Jacobs as probably the, you know, the top running back in this group. Um, partly because of what he's able to do in the passing game. And I think that's going to endear him to some teams. You know, I, I think, 
you know, Philadelphia at 25, Oakland at 24. Like those are teams that are probably going to consider running back. And I think Jacobs might be in the mix there. You know, beyond Jacobs, I think Montgomery is a fantastic running back. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know about the value of running backs after Jacobs, say, in the first round, but Montgomery's got some home run ability to him. He's got some ability to run between the tackles, got some burst to him. So I think he's a good back. I think Miles Sanders from Penn State, obviously, he's just a one year starter behind Saquon Barkley, but a lot of people really like him. There are some people in the NFL world, or at least related to the NFL world, say Greg Gabriel, Pro Football Weekly, you know, who was director of college scouting for the Bears for nine years. You know, he has some sort of as his running back one. And so I think he's a guy to keep in mind. Uh, Devin Singletary from FAU, 5'9", um, 200, Conference USA type player. He's an interesting player to watch. Uh, good footwork, good base, um, constantly keeps his feet moving. Um, maybe a question mark in pass pro. Um, so for a team that's going to count on their running backs to do some pass pro stuff, probably not the guy you would look to. And then Darrell Henderson, the kid from Memphis, uh, dynamic guy, great change of direction, great footwork. Um, maybe has some question marks in terms of vision, um, some question marks in terms of pass pro. A lot of these guys do, which is why, you know, Jacobs is a true, you know, three down back. Some of these guys might be, you know, first and second down backs only when they start their careers. But, you know, Henderson, you know, he has some home run ability to him, has some elusiveness and some shiftiness. And so, you know, those guys will probably be the guys you hear on day two. Um, I think Jacobs will probably be the only first round guy, although I get the Montgomery pick. Um, but the rest of the guys are probably more, you know, second and third round guys. Uh, as far as Montgomery, you know, people do like him. Um, very, if you're a zone heavy team, I think he makes some sense because he's very good on, you know, that stretch zone, very good at working the cutback angles on in zone blocking situations, got some good footwork, got some good body control. And so, you know, has some second gear and third you know, third gear type speed to them too. Um, so all of these guys are very good at what they do. Um, I, I think Jacobs is, you know, the running back one in this group. Okay. All right. Cool. Good to know. All right. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, if I probably could, I, I had a little bit of a brain fart there. I had uh Tillery on uh, all queued up and then yeah, Spags took right. it and I'm like, uh, oh, uh, running back. And I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> But uh, we'll see. Maybe that happens to the to the Packers uh, on on the day of the draft. You never know. So, um, one more thing I wanted to ask you just quickly before I let you go. Um, I'm curious about the Patriots. Now, I, we'll see about wh- whether this happens or not. But do you think there's any chance that the Patriots use the assets that they have to get up into the first round and keep 32? So, in other words, trade for another first round pick probably use a number one next year, um, you know, and, and move up into the first round to get a guy they really like and also stay at 32. I think it's possible. I mean, we all sort of expect the Patriots, you know, and I talked about it a little bit, like to trade out of 32. Um, they might not see the value there, but I think it's just as likely that, you know, even if they don't double dip in the first round, like you said, like they move up and stay at 32. I think it's just as likely that they at least move up from 32 up to, say, 21. I mean, you look at Seattle, for example. They don't have a ton of picks in this draft. They're a team that's making a ton of noise about wanting to trade down, wanting to sort of get some additional picks along the way. Because, you know, for the Seahawks, 
They've got a pick at 21, a pick at 85, a pick at 125, and a pick at 160, just four picks in this draft. And so you know they'd love to get at least a second rounder. So that's a team that could be a willing trading partner. Another team that really wants to get out, um, I've been told Detroit. Now, they have a ton of picks. They've got nine picks in this draft. But for what they need, they could probably move back. Now, they're probably saying we'd be willing to trade so they would get a team that wants a quarterback to sort of come up you know, if the Giants right. pass on somebody at six. So, I mean, I would watch New England and Seattle maybe at 21, and that might be a situation where, say, the Packers take a, a different position at 12, and then one of those Iowa tight ends is still falling, gets past, say, Tennessee at 19. You obviously are worried about the Packers grabbing a guy at 30. I mean, excuse me, at – where do they pick again? Yeah, it is 30. They got new, the New yeah. Orleans pick. Yeah. And so if you're New England and you're worried about the Packers grabbing one of those tight ends at 30, you get up and get on the phone with Seattle because Seattle might want to come back to 32. They can still get one of the safeties they want because you're going to see the safeties come off the board in sort of that you know, 25 to 35 range. And so that would be a, a willing trading partner. And so I know some people have speculated about that. Now, whether it would be New England just, you know, doing something else where they package, you know, 56 and 64 to get up to 21, or if they flip those first round picks or something that could remain to be worked out, but I could see them going up to 21 either with their 32nd pick overall or packaging some others to get there too. If one of those tight ends falls or if somebody else falls, because we know Seattle wants more picks. Right. That makes sense. It does make sense. And I think that that's, you know, that is true and we'll see what happens, but you're right. If they have a guy that they're looking at, that they, target they definitely do that i mean they did that with chandler jones and they did it with you know hightower and if they have a guy that they're targeted on that they really want they will go up and get him whether it's in the first round or the second or third round you know they did it last year with duke dawson like if there are guys that they target that they really want they'll move up and get him if that's what it takes and so um you know certainly they definitely have the assets you can't imagine that 12 rookies are going to be playing this year for the Patriots, I just I don't I don't see that, that fit on the roster. So they're not going to draft all twelve guys. Now maybe they trade out, maybe they get some picks next year as well. But you know maybe they use a few picks to get up in the draft too. So um, you know so we'll see. It should be should be exciting. Just a just a few weeks away, so it should be uh, should be exciting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean so. it's it's always exciting to see how it pans out. With twelve picks, there's there's a number of different things they could do. I'm with you. I don't think they use all twelve, but they're they've got some ammo to move up, move down, do whatever they want to do. Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. Just uh, plug yourself before you go. Where can people hear you? I know you get the podcast, obviously, but I know you do uh, you know a ton of different things. So just kind of let people know where they can uh, where they can read you or hear you. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Pat Spags. This was a blast. I always love doing stuff like this, and you guys are doing such Anytime, fantastic man. work for so the much. show. So um, it was a blast to be on. Uh, people can check me out on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Uh, places like Pro Football Weekly, The Score, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, uh, Pat's Pulpit, Big Blue View, uh, Bleeding Green Nation, and the Locked on Patriots podcast, which comes out five days a week. Yep. Oh, my goodness. You're a busy man. A busy man. It beats working for a living, friends. It beats working for yeah. a living. You got that right. Oh, yeah. You got that right. So, all right, Mark. Well, have a great night and thank you. And, uh, you know, and we'll enjoy. Last year, I did this on my other show. I did this on my other show last year, and I was 0 for 32. Zero of the players got drafted yeah. in the spots where I picked them. And so, let's maybe we'll get one right. You never know. I mean, I, I think we could at least get Kyler Murray, but who knows? I mean, this could be right. all smoke signals. So, we'll never know <laughs> until we find out. Right. Exactly. All right, Mark. Have a great night. Thanks all right, a lot. All right, gentlemen. 
All right. Thank thanks, you, guys. Mike.